When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Trey Young dishes it out again at All-Star Weekend. We knew he was good. Oh! Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Hawks beat reporter Sarah Spencer, and today's episode is going to be sort of an All-Star mailbag mashup. We'll talk a little bit about where the Hawks stand at the All-Star break also. But before we get into that, I've actually got a quick little message of thanks to you guys before we get started. Um, The reaction to the episode with Bogdan Bogdanovich has been like, it has been stellar. It has really blown me away. I think Bogey blew you guys away, right? Like he was just so, so great and so awesome in that interview. Um, And I also want to thank you guys for being super active and, you know, responding and wanting questions and just being really responsive to this podcast overall. Um, I feel like we're building a little community here and it's like really cool. I feel like you guys are a part of this podcast and we literally could not do it without you. So thank you so much for being a part of this and and making this thing go. Um, We really, really appreciate it. Uh, So let's get into some all-star stuff. So the only person, the only Hawks representative over All-Star Weekend was Trey Young. And Trey Young played for Team Durant, which did not win the All-Star game. Um, Team LeBron ended up beating Team Durant 163 to 160, partially because Steph Curry, little guy named Steph Curry, if you've heard of him, pretty good shooter, made an All-Star game record 16 threes. uh, And he had a game-high 50 points. Which is, yeah, insane. And and bear with us because the audio is a little spotty here because All-Star gets crazy, but Trey Young gave Steph some some compliments. Man, it's crazy. Uh, he was hitting some shots and uh, he was hitting some half-court shots. I was talking to him as the, the ball was in the air. Uh, it was crazy. He was hitting some crazy shots, but that's what he does. So, yes, that's exactly what he does. Um, I don't know if I expected 16 threes from Steph Curry. I mean, I expected a lot of threes. Uh, but 16 was was a lot, just like I expected a lot of assists from Trey Young, because uh, that's, you know, doing Trey Young stuff. He ended up with a game high 10 assists and then 13 points for a double do- uh, a double double. It wasn't a, a crazy, you know, scoring game from Trey Young's perspective. But I did think it was kind of interesting. So this is obviously the second time Trey Young has started in the All-Star game. And it's also the second time he has led in assists. Obviously, the All-Star game is, it's a ton of offense, but the new format adds, I guess I shouldn't say new, they've had it for a couple years now, Um, but the new format does make it pretty fun. You start to see like 
like double team, you know, defense in the fourth quarter, which is not typically uh, something you see at all in the all-star game. Normally it's just kind of like first person to like a thousand points or first team to a thousand points rather. But um, with the new format, what they do in the fourth quarter is whatever you, whatever the team's, uh, whatever the score is going into the fourth quarter, they pick a target score and there's really no clock. You're just playing to that score. And there's also people from each team represents a charity um, that gets money when you win a quarter or obviously when you win the game also. And they have people from the charity there. So it's so it's a major incentive for these guys to kind of buckle down. And it's just really the last few games, the All-Star game has just been awesome because these guys are sort of incentivized in ways maybe they they weren't before. So it's made for great games. I think Trey had a pretty solid All-Star game, you know, a pretty solid, pretty good all-star game outing nothing nothing crazy but I mean 10 assists a, a game high in assists and a double double that's that's pretty solid for for Trey Young um he did play a little bit more than he did last time which makes sense um your first all-star game you're kind of going to get a little bit even if you're not a rookie rookie you might get a little bit of that rookie treatment and I think that happened what happened with Trey last time not playing in the fourth quarter um this time last time he played about 15 minutes had 10 points 10 assists and then this time is about 19 points, but he did or 19, 19 minutes rather, but he did close the game. So that's that's something there. Um, it was kind of funny. It was is making me laugh a little bit. He had a few comments about how he really wanted to dunk. Uh, obviously, Trey Young is a, a smaller guy. Um, normally, he is on the opposite end of that, setting up guys for dunks and and stuff like that. Um, he ended up uh, he wanted to dunk. He did not end up actually like with any finishes but what was cool to watch is John Morant from the Grizzlies who's obviously a really you know gifted physical fun young guard like athletic skilled really fun to watch him and Trey they paired really well together and were super fun to watch Trey had some very fun he just had some dynamite passes to set up jaw and that was actually what you heard at the opening, the the, the start of this episode um, was a reaction to one of those plays. So that was really cool. Uh, the new format is great. Um, and that wasn't the only thing Trey did over All-Star Weekend because he was also in the three-point contest. So if you remember Trey Young's first outing uh, in the, in the three-point contest, and I was there, I was in Chicago for when this happened, I guess his whole weekend, but the three-point contest in particular, um, and it did not go well. He was was one of the first guys to mathematically be eliminated, and obviously that was that. Um, he made a joke. I remember joking with him afterward, and he he made a joke at the time. So this has been two years ago now. This was his second year in the league, and he made a joke being like, you know, I'd love to do it again. I mean, if they would have me back, <laughs> um, just because – uh, you know, it didn't go great, but he's actually shooting a uh, career best from three this year. And they did indeed have him back. And so he finished tied for second. And I actually think that redeems him quite a bit. Um, he did make the final round. It came down to the final shot in the first round. He had to, it came down to the final shot, but he made it. 
And it was funny to see Carl Anthony Towns um, from Minnesota doing the little ice tray shiver celebration thing um, when Trey made that shot. And then Carl Anthony Towns really caught fire in the finals round. He ended up setting a new record in the finals with a score of a 29. And then Trey Young and the Clippers' Luke Kennard tied behind Towns with a 26. So I think even though Trey didn't win, I mean, Towns, you know, Set a, setting a new record that's gonna be tough to beat so I think that that's a pretty solid outing for Trey right there um pretty solid all-star weekend all around for Trey I would say you know good outing in the in the game um good outing in the three-point contest but he he felt pretty good about the three-point contest he said afterward kind of feeling like he did what he set out to do in, in redeeming himself I feel better than last time. Let's just put it that way. We're showing growth. We're showing growth here. We may, have to, we may have to take a break from this little event for a couple of years, come back, and then uh, take over that champ spot. I think I just got to keep getting, keep getting better. <laughs> so, uh, so, no, definitely a little bit of growth there, which is, which is good to see from Trey. Um, so that's All-Star. Like I said, Trey was the only Hawks a player to participate over All-Star Weekend. And I think one kind of odd thing is that um, Anyeka Kongwu probably would have made, well, definitely would have made the Rising Stars game had he played in a few more games. It's really the only thing you can think of that would have kept him out of it. Um, He's played being hurt, coming back from shoulder surgery and a shoulder injury. Um, he's, he's made quite an impact. So it feels like he's played a little bit more. Um, he's played in 26 games so far, but obviously far fewer, uh, you know, at the time that all this was announced and that rosters were being settled and that kind of thing. So I definitely think Anyeka probably, probably belonged in that game, but I guess you do have to think of the full picture of, you know, they kind of have to judge it based on games played. And maybe that was, maybe that was a factor. Um, but that's all-star weekend. Definitely not a bad go of it for for Trey. Um, pretty good, pretty good weekend for him. And now maybe he gets a little bit of rest here before the Hawks stretch run begins. And I think we should take a little time to talk about where the Hawks stand at the All-Star break, um, which feels like maybe the halfway point because it was last year. But you also have to remember last year was you know, kind of a shortened season and everything. And they've actually played 58 games already. So I had a funny moment when I was um, going through my calendar and, you know, just talking it through and planning travel. And I was like, holy cow, is this, I'm only going to be on like a handful more of flights. Like what is, what is going on here? They do travel a bit down the stretch, but um, it's just crazy that they've already played 58 games. And so obviously that leaves 24 games left. They are 28 and 30. That is definitely not where a lot of people thought they would be, including me. Uh, you know, we've talked about that on this podcast before, but all is not lost. They are five games back from the Celtics, who have been red hot. And the Celtics are in that number six, that coveted six seed. And I do have to point out, as much as the Hawks and the top six, and it's not like it's mathematically impossible, you're going to have to get quite a bit of help from the teams ahead of you. You're also really, you, you can't afford many losses at all 
So you, the the little the little blip that they had before they won two games going into the All-Star break. They had that great one against Cleveland, and then they polished things off in Orlando on the second night of a back-to-back going into the All-Star game. And even though going into the All-Star break, and even though Orlando's not a good team this year, that's still important to do. You have to take care of games like that. So even though they did have those two good wins, you also they had lost four or five before that. So little blips like that, they're probably not going to be able to afford that down this final stretch. So they're going to have to really, really clean things up, even though the defense has been better uh, since they went on that seven game winning streak and started bringing a little bit more energy. They, the defense has been better. You know, Deandre Hunter's helping a little bit on the perimeter, but he hasn't been perfect. Um, they've been better, but there's still the, there's still the 27th defense in the league. And that's really not going to get it done. Um, the Hawks are so good offensively. They they have the um, second highest offensive rating of the league, and obviously Trey leading the way is going to do quite a bit for you offensively. But th- they're so good offensively, they could probably get away with you know just league average or so, or maybe even a little bit worse um, defense. But that has not been what they've been giving. They've been giving bottom three defense. Um, you know, bottom three, bottom four, definitely bottom five, pretty much all season long, except for that brief stretch, that seven game winning stretch. But that's the thing, like they can, they can bring it. It's, I think it's just about defensive consistency. And that's something they'll, they'll, they'll definitely have to be consistent with because 24 games, it, maybe it sounds, I'm not sure if it sounds like a lot or a little, but in reality, when you compare it to 58, 24 is actually not that many games left and the Hawks schedule as a whole is relatively favorable in these last 24 games but their first five or so uh right when they get back from the all-star break those are tough games because you play Chicago twice tied for the best record in the east you play Toronto Again, Toronto has given them fits. You play Boston again. Boston's been red hot. And then you play Washington, the team that's right behind you in the standings, at least going into the all-star break. So those five games right there, um, if they go, you know, perfect or completely terrible, that could kind of, that is the potential to kind of make or break you right there. Um, Obviously, you know, you still got 24 left, but that's, that's going to be an interesting, a really interesting stretch that I see for that team um coming up and speaking of that final game in Orlando before the break here's Hawks coach Nate McMillan on sort of what he told the team going into the all-star break we understand exactly where we are and what we need to do we're still in the race to uh, get to the playoffs uh, and uh as I told the guys go home get some rest uh, relax because, you know, we uh, have to uh, be better to finish up this season to play ourselves into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's exactly right. They are going to have to be significantly better defensively, you know, offensively, keep doing your thing, um, be consistent on that end the way that they have for most of the season. But I definitely think the defense is going to have to pick up. I definitely think, you know, play, they've been starting games kind of, they've had some rough starts to games. Um, I I think just there's a couple areas that the Hawks are really going to have to clean up. 
if they want to even, you know, just rise in the standings. Uh, not to say, you know, forget about that top six seed, because I think that's a great goal. Like, what else are you going to shoot for? Of course, like that, that is what you should shoot for. It's a very, very steep, very steep climb. But why not shoot for it? Why not give yourself that goal? I, you know, I get it. And I think that um, I think that these first few games out of the break are going to be big for this team. And I think that Nate is right that this team going and getting a little bit of rest and, and regrouping is is big for them because they are certainly going to have to be better um, down on this stretch run. And this is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. One of the reasons we are able to bring you this podcast for free, wherever you get your podcasts, as you guys know, I always say that, is because of subscribers to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. That is quite literally the fuel that powers our journalism. That is how we're able to come to work every day and and do what we do. It's It's because of you guys. So we're currently offering unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents for your first month. So go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to know what's really going on. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to get unlimited access to the best journalism in Georgia for just 99 cents for your first month. Okay, so in order to keep talking about whether it's all-star, whether it is the stretch run for the Hawks, there's a lot to talk about. I know you guys have a lot of questions. That's something that you guys know this is my favorite part of the pod. I probably should like stop saying that because I feel like it's implied. Yes, this is my favorite part of the podcast every single time because I love hearing from you guys and I love getting to have conversations with y'all. Um, so I appreciate everybody who's sending questions. And to help me do this segment, to help me do this mailbag segment, I'm going to bring in producer Jay. And his radio voice is going to boom, as it always we, does. We've got to get the AJC orchestra to get you like a theme song just for the mailbag. I know. I would. I would like some background music, please. Is that in yes. budget? Well, it is, but we have to give them some directions. So we'll. Uh, oh. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll do that. Uh, but 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 if you want a better uh, uh, background music, we need more subscriptions to the Atlanta Journal Constitution to Ooh, increase the budget for the Hawks podcast. Been, that should have been in the promo. That we'll would have been time. man. Okay. All right. So to the questions, and naturally, we will start for the first time with. Um, Lemon Pepper Wet Beats, uh, which is his uh, title on Twitter. How many dunks did Trey try for in the All-Star game? You know, it was funny. I I didn't keep count because there was uh, other stuff to look at, you know, obviously. Um, But there was like one that he sort of, it looked like he maybe tried to throw it off the glass for himself or or maybe Trey, uh, John Morant was in the area <laughs> he had a receiver in the area <laughs> but it kind of but it also got kind of looked like it could have been for him um but he like hesitated a little bit there um Joel Embiid 
tried to set him up a few times, which I thought was awesome. I just get a kick out of stuff like that. Like I get a kick out of whenever like a big to big assist, whenever Clint Capella assists John Collins or John Collins assists Clint Capella. I love stuff like that. It's just a little bit of a shake up. And then I really like it when, you know, you have seven footer Joel Embiid setting up six one ish Trey Young. Um, but yeah, no dunks for Trey Young. Um, he did his normal playmaking thing, but hey, that's that's what you want from Trey. Next up, Bobble Dog asks after Trey, which current Hawk is most likely to make an all star team one day? You'd think Collins, but could Hunter beat him there? Hmm, that's a really good question, Bobble Dog. Um, I like that. Like a bobblehead, but bobble dog. Um, you know, I actually I actually would say John Collins. Um, I actually think years down the line, maybe, not like years and years, but maybe in the near to medium future, I actually also think if Anyeka Kongwu continues to go on the trajectory he is on, um, you know, if he takes a step forward as a rebounder, if he continues to do his thing defensively um he's been great finishing this year so I actually think maybe maybe that could be I mean it's hard to project exactly how a, a young guy is gonna go um but maybe on Yeka Kongwu but yes I do think John Collins right now John is probably the the obvious choice there just because of everything that he's capable of whether it's uh, he, he's also kind of he's got that all-star feel too you know the way that he gets up for big energy plays and dunks. But I also think that sometimes, sometimes John can be a little underrated when it comes to the kind of old adage, like plays the game the right way. I think John sometimes, sometimes can be underutilized. Um, and, but I think that he, you know, obviously he scores in, in the flow of the game, as Nate McMillan says, um, but there's not too many big guys like that that, you know, can roll the way John can, can shoot threes the way John can, and also does a ton of little things. Like if you watch a game back, does a ton of little things. Clint Capella does this too. Um, does a ton of little things off the ball that help the Hawks win. So I think John is probably the – John is probably what I would go to today. But I would throw – I would throw Onyeka in there too. I'm not sure if John – sometimes John doesn't – his stats go down a little bit because he sacrifices for the good of the team. So it kind of sucks because a lot of all-star, a lot of all-star numbers are, are very much, you know, stat based. Um, so that's a little bit of a bummer there, but um, I, I would say either, yeah, John or, or maybe years down the line on Yeko Kongwu. All right. Next up from ATL sports victim who hasn't changed his or her handle yet, uh, despite our the, old friend, know, all the winning. Uh, going on here. What are the best and worst potential matchups for the play-in tournament and the playoffs? They always have great questions. I, I, you know, I actually think in the play, so I actually would think more so the worry would maybe be, I mean, catching the Raptors in the play-in tournament or something would actually probably be pretty rough or has the potential to be pretty rough. The Hawks will play him again. Um, I think they'll, they'll play him twice again um, in the final 24 games. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see more when it comes to that matchup. But the first two games against Toronto this season have not gone well for the Hawks. Um, and obviously it's not like it's, you know, a seven-game series. 
Um, so, you know, you got to be really careful there in the play in tournament. And that's, that is why you hate to be in the play in tournament, but you love to watch the play in tournament. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing you don't want to be in because it's like, <laughs> there's, cause it's like, it's, you know, it's stressful. It's, it's, it's stressful, but it's fun to watch. And it's added a lot of intrigue when it comes to sort of the, the lower seeds there. Um, and then when it comes to the, let's see, when it comes to the whole, in the, in the playoffs, playoffs, maybe I actually think the Hawks, uh, you know, when they won that game against the Suns, um, who have Devin Booker actually for the Suns had a, a funny tweet where this, cause the Suns have just been winning every, everything they've just been winning. They just have not been losing except for that one outlier loss to the Hawks. And he, if y'all saw, I'm sure y'all saw it on Twitter where he, um, or wherever, and he, Devin Booker took a screenshot of the Suns game log and then put like the really angry face emoji over the L against, against the Hawks. So when they, when they won that game, when the Hawks won that game, I kind of had the thought of like, you know, this team really, this, I, I, I think I would like this team in, in the playoffs, not against Phoenix in particular, but I think there are sometimes when you can kind of see the Hawks of, okay, this is how they got hot last year. This is how they had some of that success that they had and they've also played on that big stage before. So I don't think the Hawks will, will shrink from that, whether it's in the playoffs or the play in tournament. But I do think pretty much anybody who goes up against a healthy Joel Embiid with Philly. I, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to covet that position. So I would say that would potentially be a tough matchup. Although obviously, you know, mathematically this isn't going to be who they're going to you know face necessarily. Um, depending on how far they advance in the playoffs, that that would def- definitely be a tough one pr- for pretty much anyone. All right, next up's from uh, Bradley Creamer. Of the remaining games on our schedule, our being the Hawks, how many do you think are winnable, and what record do you predict for this team post-All-Star break? Oh, man. That's a good one. Jeez. Ah, Bradley. Bradley making me think here. Then no math was going to be involved today, did you? I know. I don't. Yeah. Y'all are making me count now. Jeez. Um, for me, I don't think of it so much. I don't mean to dodge this question. I, re- I really, really don't. But for me, I don't think of it so much in terms of how many do I think they'll win. It's how many do they probably need to win in order to because you also have to th- you also have to think of it this way. As much as the Hawks want to get to number six, as much as they want to, you know, climb and play in tournament position as well. Right now they're number 10. So obviously that would mean getting up to number seven or getting to number six. You also have to think of it the other way of their one game ahead of the Wizards in number 11. So uh, Washington is 27 and 31. So you also can't slide. That was <laughs> kind of a downer. You... Oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, Bradley. I'm sorry, everybody. So, well, I'm just trying to set up my answer, Jay. I'm just trying to set up my answer of I think I would see them finish maybe realistically a handful of games above 500 down this stretch. Actually, maybe maybe more than a handful. Will that be enough? Will that be what happens? I don't know. So stay tuned. We will We will see. Obviously, if you're a Hawks fan, you're hoping everybody stays healthy and you're hoping they win at even a higher clip than that. But it's just hard for me to say that it's hard for me to say that yet when they've been chasing getting back to 500 for quite a while now. 
I have an answer to this next question that I'm about to read, if it's okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is from Sean Anthony, whose profile says he's from the Philippines. Um, mm. He asked, was standing pat in the trade deadline a good move, and do you think J.C. is content with his role, or would it have been better to send him to the Sixers for Ben or any other deal? And my answer to that is, uh, Sean, all of your answers are in Episode 6 and Episode 1 of the Hawksport Podcast. Ooh, good plug. Very yes. good plug. So yeah, that's where that's where that is. Um, should I answer the first part of it, or should we should we say just go listen to the episodes? What do you think? You're called give, give him just a tease. Okay, a tease, a tease. Stay in, standing pat at the trade deadline, I was okay with it because you never know what the asking price is. Should they have added more defense? It looks like they need more defense, but you don't know what you would have had to give up to to get it. And the second part, do you think JC is content with his role? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. Yes. But also please go listen to please go listen to our premiere episode. Yes, I think he's I think he's content with staying in Atlanta, I should say, actually. But I think that as far as his role, you know, he's had conversations about you know, hoping to kind of grow that role or do more of what he does. But yes, all of all of that expanded answer is available to you in um, episode one of the Hawks Report podcast. All right, last question comes from um, J. Uh, B. and Swanee. That's me. <laughs> on a on a scale of one to ten, how do you grade the dunk contest? Oh man, um, it was not. You know, at this point, I almost feel bad piling on because everyone was like, so everyone has just been dogging the the dunk contest kind of kind of justifiably. So, I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't exciting. I was so confused by the skills challenge, which I think I think we all were. I I, I put some feelers out there and it seemed like we were all super duper confused. I was like, uh, what are the rules? What is happening here? It's called TV filler. uh, Yeah, I was I was like. Wait, it seemed like the other people should have... What? And then it got to the dunk contest. The the three-point contest uh, was pretty good, I thought. Um, You know, some guys have some bad outings. Some guys go crazy like it always is. Um, The dunk contest, I just think... I just think it's the kind of thing where there have been such amazing dunk contests. There have been such awesome dunk contests. Like, everyone was, you know, comparing, like, we've seen Vince Carter do what? And then, you know, and then this dunk contest was obviously lackluster. So I almost feel bad piling on, but no, it was, it was disappointing for sure. On a scale of one to ten, ooh, like a two or a three, maybe. I don't know. Ooh. Does that mean maybe a four? Um, well, it just I, like it's it just wasn't as exciting maybe as 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 it has been in years past. All right, so that wraps up our uh, non-theme music edition of the mailbag. We'll uh, we'll hopefully have some more uh, more music next week, and please keep your questions coming. And we're gonna have a string quartet next time, right? For sure. Yeah, let's as far, for sure. As, for as sure. far as you, as far as you know, yes. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. If I didn't get to your question this week, hopefully we can get it in next week. Um, I really appreciate that so much. That like to infinity and beyond that y'all are willing to listen and and interact and it just makes it so fun and and just awesome to do. Um, On that note, if you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Hawks Report wherever you get your podcast. And if you like what you hear, 
rate, review, share so we can continue to grow this thing. Uh, Coming up, another few off days for the Hawks, and then they'll play in Chicago on Thursday. Just 24 games remaining in this season. We'll have another episode for you guys Thursday as well. Thank you guys again for listening to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.